We often say we just want to be happy or that we just want our kids to be happy. Is that really the goal for our lives? I was on Kelly Robinson's podcast, Kelly Minds Her Manners, recently and had the opportunity to flesh out some different thoughts I have. It was during her Fearless Five portion of the show when she asked me, something you think other people value that you don't. For me, happiness is fleeting, flighty even, not sustainable, and definitely not a goal. That just can't be it. It doesn't speak to character building by going through the hard things, being fulfilled by the weighty things, or the great sense of joy in which I find a deeper, more satisfying place to be. So this is me on Kelly's show. Enjoy. Need some inspiration, some encouragement? You're in the right place. We focus on confidence so you will believe in yourself more, passion so you will turn it into purpose, and gratitude so you will find gifts even in the hardest of times. I'm Rochelle Condi now, and this is Unabashed You. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Kelly Minds Her Manners. Today I have Rochelle Condi She is such a breath of fresh air. She is the founder of Unabashed You, which is a website, a blog. She's a podcaster, and that's what her podcast is called. She's also got a coaching and mentorship program for other women where she inspires them to be their authentic self. There are so many people walking around these days who are just caring for everyone else, and they are not aware of who they really are or able to be who they really are. And she brings that out of people. She's also an author. She wrote a book and all of that will be in the show notes, but she is such an inspiring woman. And she, like me, believes that it is so important for women to support each other and lift each other up and that there is not enough of that in this world. So please welcome Rochelle. So, Rochelle, thank you so, so much for being with me today. I had the honor of being on Rochelle's podcast the other day, and we had such a great time. (laughs) And I just feel like we were meant to know each other somehow. I I just adore you. I agree. I adore you, too. I've been singing (laughs) praises over here in San Diego. Yes, I've got a new friend in New York. It's wonderful. What a pleasure it is to be on your show as well. I, I just love it when... We can connect and then, you know, help each other out, encourage each other and collaborate. I love collaboration. Me too. I love that too. In fact, I saw a quote that I posted the other day or yesterday or something, and it was something about, you know, the people at the top aren't competing, they're collaborating. Oh, um, ooh, you know, good, so good. I like that. I like that. I feel like we have so much in common too. And I'm so excited for this episode because you are all about supporting and mentoring and coaching other women. And there is just, I've said this so many times, there is just not enough of that in this world. Women lifting up other women. And I have so much respect for you and the fact that you do that. Well, thank you. Thank you. I just really feel strongly that my aim in life is to encourage other people to be more of who they already are. I, you know, sort of our tagline is become who you already are. So don't be afraid of who you are, you know, fill that space and step into it. And, and if I can, you know, inspire or help or lift up somebody to do that, I'm going to do it. Absolutely. Amazing. 
Well, my first question for you is, <laughs> you are a podcaster, you are a blogger, you're an author and a coach, you host panel discussions, you speak at women's events, amongst many other things. Your podcast, Unabashed You, has been heard in over 70 countries. That's uh. unbelievable. <laughs> what led you to take on all of these roles and what inspired you to create Unabashed You? Wow, that those are really great questions. It's so funny when somebody describes you in that way, you're like, oh, oh, <laughs> oh, you know, putting all the ERs and ORs at the end of somebody's name. I mean, yes, those are all true. Let's see. So how was I led to start Unabashed You? Well, I had gone through a very, I find so often we go through very difficult or really painful times. And once we kind of start coming out of that, I get a real sense of clarity. And then something reveals itself to me as in after I made it out of that, I thought, what is it I value? Where am I at right now? What are my core values that I absolutely have to have in myself and want to put out in the world and want to attract back in? And those were authenticity, uh, being authentic, transparency, and vulnerability. And so those three kind of became the beginning of Unabashed You. And it was, what do I want to do now? It was right at the beginning of the pandemic. We didn't really know it was a pandemic. You know, the career I had at that time was kind of winding down. And it was, you know, I had been listening to podcasts at that time for a good 10 years. And that was before they really exploded. Yeah. And I thought, well, I kind of think I want to step into that space and just see, it. you know, it's a risk. Why don't I just see if that's something I can do and kind of put something out there that encourages other people to be more of who they are. Because I think somewhere along the line, especially as women, and I'm sure men struggle with this a bit too, but somewhere along the line, we are conditioned to start kind of folding into ourselves a little bit or shrinking a little bit or not speaking up or being sort of fearful. And I just want to blow that concept up. And I wanted to say, whoever you are, be that, please be that. We need you to be that. And we need you to do the thing that only you can do. So that sort of became, well, you know, and, and what if only my mom listens or a handful of my friends? Okay, I'm just going to keep going. I'm just going to keep going. So we have been going for three years. Now we're in our fourth year. And I have been more than pleasantly surprised and humbled by the fact that it has been heard in, in over 70, 71 countries, I think we're at now. It's absolutely mind boggling. And I think that's the power of taking the risk. I took yeah. the risk. And you know what was the worst thing that was going to happen? It's sort of that worst case scenario. Well, it, nobody will listen. Okay, nobody listens. And then what? Well, I probably have learned something and I'm going to take that with me to the next thing, whether it's a left turn or right turn or step forward or step back, it doesn't matter. So that risk to remain sort of tight in the bud was more painful than the risk that took to blossom. And that's an Ais Nin quote. Um, yes. That quote, absolutely. There's a few different times in my life where a quote changed my life. And that quote absolutely changed my life. It's like, nope, I'm not going to be tight in the bud. Nope. 
No, thank you. So that's a very long-winded <laughs> way of answering the question. Why not just try something? I love being creative. I love being collaborative, as I've already said. So that is kind of how it was born. The quote, that experience I'd had, and you know, my career winding down, and it was like, let's just do it. This is yeah, it. absolutely. And I love that quote, and I saw that on your website. I guess you know, you may have already answered this a little bit, but. What was so moving to you about that one quote? Because there are so many quotes out there, right? Like, but what about this particular quote was so moving for you? Because, okay, I came across that quote in a book I had read some years earlier, but it always kind of stuck in the back of my mind. And then when I was formulating these ideas and thinking, I've, there's something in me that has to get out. It was just like, I, I just could hardly sit still with myself. And then that quote came back to me at the right time. And it was like, oh my gosh, that's me. That's me. I'm not going to, in 10 years, 15 years, whatever, look back and say, oh, I wonder what would have happened if I tried that. I don't want to live in that place. And I don't want other people to live in that place either. So I didn't want to be the one tight in the bud. I wanted to, to be the one to blossom. And whatever that looked like is okay. I love that. I love that whatever that looked like is okay because so many people feel like they have to be something, Mm. especially with social media and all the pressure on these young people and especially young women to Mm -hmm. be this false perception that they're being shown. And it's just, you know, being authentic is so much more beautiful than being perfect. Perfection yes. is, is to me anyway, is scary because yes. it's not, it's because it, you know that there's something ready to blow up <laughs> Some something or somebody is too perfect. Like something's good. The shoe's going to drop. You know what I mean? So just be yourself. Cause otherwise it's like all building up inside and we're just waiting for the explosion. <laughs> and I don't know if this makes any sense, but as you're saying that, and I'm hearing what you're saying, I, the, the phrase comes to me, I don't trust perfection. I don't trust it. It's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Where's the, you know, I don't trust it. And I think, yeah, yeah, I don't trust it. Like clearing the smoke out of the mirrors. Yes, exactly. Show me a wart. Show me some, you know, I'm like, okay, now let's get into it. Let's get into it. Because that's more where I thrive. And those are the kinds of people that I'm drawn to, attracted to. And I think people... I hope, and it would be my goal, that people quickly learn that they're safe with me. They're safe to be who they are. I felt like that almost instantaneously when I first (laughs) spoke with you. I felt so safe with you because your genuine nature comes through right away. Oh, good. Good. Thank you. I appreciate hearing that. And that's something that's so important to me because I think each person is, you know, their own sacred being. And I just, I look to honor that. I love that. So what was early life like for you and how has it shaped who you are and what you are passionate about now? Early life. I was raised by a single mom, my brother and I, and we started out an apartment and my grandmother bought my mom a house Oh. Uh, a very modest home. She did not want her grandkids growing up in an apartment, sharing a bedroom, which 
for me, that really, really impacted me in the sense of generosity. You know, my grandmother was an extremely hard worker, as was my mom. So I never met either of my grandfathers. So I saw all these women and they were all kicking butt in their own way, you know, making it happen, providing for their families, working hard. That definitely impacted me for sure. Yeah. And other really strong uh, female figures in my life growing up. I think. You know, I loved school. I loved all of school, not just the learning part. I love that too, but I loved having friends and having yeah. school spirit and being involved and and doing whatever there was to do. I enjoyed doing it and had a really great growing up experience. Now, dad wasn't around in and out here and there, but so mom really was the one who raised us. And I'm very grateful for her strength. And yeah, so that's kind of, and I got interested in the theater. I, we talked about that a little yeah. bit when you were, came on my show. I remember seeing a picture in the paper of our local like theater program for kids. And I told my mom, I want to do that. And so I got involved. And then in high school, I got involved in the drama program at, at our high school and I just enjoyed it. I had a great time. I was, was, you know, ensemble or occasional little role here or there. I loved it. And I think for me, it helped. It spoke to me. It spoke yeah. to me. And it helped me, I think, with confidence and also expression. I think, you know, one of the reasons we're here is to express ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so I learned how moving entertainment can be, you know, yeah. a good book, a good movie, a play, a good TV show. I mean, they're so moving and you can learn so much and be transported mm -hmm. and feel, and I too, and am an, you know, I feel very empathetic. So I feel what other people are feeling. And that really formed a lot of, I think, who I became. Went yeah. to, uh, you know, a good local college here. I was fortunate enough to get a, a full scholarship and that. Wow. That further, you know, helped develop who I am in the sense of, of really, you know, honoring people and of learning and becoming an adult. I think those are kind of, you know, we spend our whole life, it seems like being a kid, we can't wait to be an adult. And when we're finally there, you're like, whoa, slow down. Wait a minute. Oh, wait yeah. a minute. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. And you followed through with your passions. I mean, you loved school and you became an elementary school teacher and yes. you loved the theater and you became involved with the community theater and, you know, was it children's theater afterwards yes. as well? Yes, you absolutely. Know? Yes. So I love that you continued those threads throughout your life and you knew what you were passionate about. Right. And the one through line through, throughout my entire life has been encouragement. I've taken on roles that allowed me to really put my encouragement front and center, being an elementary school teacher. I mean, that's all about encouraging. And then the career that I had being a director of a children's performing group or company was hiring teaching artists and encouraging them. And it just yeah. was just such a great experience. And now the podcast, um, to me, I, more encouragement, encouraging each guest and all of that. And all of the different women's events I do, the same, same kind of thing. It's just, that's where I really, really thrive. Yeah. So what is most fulfilling out of all of the roles that you've taken on? Oh my gosh. 
I think it doesn't matter which role it is, that moment of, of really connecting with somebody and feeling like I've been able through words or gesture to really just lift them up, to just get that sense that they're just kind of a little more in their fullness. That is just such a sweet moment for me, whether it's with a fifth grader, I taught a lot of fifth grade, whether it's with a teaching artist that I got to mentor, whether it's with a woman that I'm working with. It's just that moment when you are seeing that person, they know this is it. They know they are being seen. Mm. They know they're being seen. That is the sweet spot for me. That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. That's beautiful. What's your coaching style or your, or your mentorship style? And what has been the most rewarding aspect of coaching? Has it been that you see people feeling seen or is it, you know, one person's growth that you've just somebody transformed? Like, what is it? I think for me, you know, in addition to the encouragement we've been talking about is I like to work with small groups of women. I find that there's so much that a small group can bring that each separate woman wouldn't have been able to do on their own. So that sense of of connection and intimacy that grows and the, yeah. the, the safety and the being able to learn from each other as much as, you know, it's really providing that safe place to be able to chat about, well, you know, this is kind of what we're working on and, and to be able to talk about that and kind of, we, we say unpack it. That's a really popular phrase right now. Just kind of look at it and, and in a lot of different ways and come up with some exercises around that and maybe some writing around that and then reflection and then come back and say, well, how was that? How did that work out for you? Trying that or trying this. And the realization and the step back to the sort of stepping into that place of realizing I am being more me in this moment. I feel yeah. more me in this moment. I don't know that we have enough of that, honestly, mm-hmm. as yeah. women, you know, because I think we're always like, how am I being perceived? Oh, what does she think? What do they think? I think there's too many things that get in the way of too many other voices that we're listening to that prevent us from really just, you know, standing a little taller, just like, you know, I mean, of course, we're always going to care a little bit about what our, especially our loved ones think, but that needs to come down yeah, and the confidence needs to go up. Never an arrogant sense, but in a, Hey, this is me and I'm being me and I'm doing me. And I don't mean this to sound rude, but kind of like, it's not really my problem or my responsibility. If you don't fully get that, that's totally, yeah, that's not, that's not on me. Um, Cause I'm, if I'm being in my place of honor and integrity and, you know, all of that, then it's not on me how that person is. It doesn't need to be okay with, I don't want to ever be in a people pleasing spot. You know, yeah. I hope people are pleased by X, Y, and Z, but that's not my motivation. That's not my goal. And I think there's a huge difference between those two things. Like, oh, you like that episode? Well, that's so great. Thank you so much. But my goal the whole time was not, oh, I hope everyone likes this. It just, it's, so, I think it comes from such a cowering place. 
Yeah. I just don't, I want to just, ugh, I just want women in particular, because I am a woman and I can speak better from that space. I just want them to, you know, be more of a badass. The, kind yeah. of like the woman you are in your imagination, mm-hmm. I want you to be that in real life. I want to get those closer together. And I think that's really what I'm working on in the whole, right now, the whole coaching realm. And I've, I've done a lot of other things and I've loved every single thing I've done. And I love what I'm doing now. I just want to get those two closer together because I think women feel better when those are closer alive. I agree. I mean, look, as an empath, and I know you're an empathetic person too, you know, for a long time, it was hard for me to not be a people pleaser because you're thinking of other people's feelings more than your own. But then you realize that when you do that, you're attracting the wrong people into your life. You're attracting the people that want to take advantage of you into your life. And so you have to learn to set boundaries as an empath, especially. And once you do that, those people fall away. Yes. Yes. The right people are in your life. And it's okay to have a small quality circle to appreciate you for who you are. That's exactly right. Celebrate you for who you are. So is there a specific exercise that you find in your coaching or your small groups that works especially well? Gosh, there are so many. I'll come up with, let me share one with your listeners today. And that is the difference between what if and what is. The what if is, I was a master at this game very early on in my life when I had a lot of anxiety and there was always, but what if this happens? What if that happens? What if this happens? What if that happens? So two things you can do with what if is you can play sort of like worst case scenario. Okay. So what's the worst thing that could happen? Well, this could happen. And then this could happen. And so it's it's like, and, and so, so, and yeah, so, and then you you dwindle it down to basically like, oh, you can't mentally and emotionally prepare for every scenario of the what if course. game. You can't, it's exhausting yeah. and you're not meant to. So you need to kind of sit in what is, which are the facts. Okay. I am anxious about, let's say getting on this plane. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm anxious about it. Okay, well, what is? I know that my uncle's a pilot, my cousin's a pilot, and they've told me this and this. Okay, right. Okay, good. And when you hit the turbulent thing, it's like a bump of air. It's almost like a little roller coaster thing. Just, you know, and so you, yeah, what is? I might feel scared for a moment, but what happens if I have a panic attack? Well, your body can't sustain panic. So eventually it will end. Right. It has to end because your body can't, it can't stay there. Okay. That's good to know. What about my strategies while I'm having it? You know, the other thing Mm. your body can't do is your body can't sustain anxiety and relaxation at the same time. Those things go against each other. That might not be the best example of being on a plane. So I know a lot of people, you know, really are fearful of flying, but you get the idea of taking the what ifs as far out as you possibly can. And then you realize there's like 50 things that could happen, but I don't know which one is going to. And maybe the actual thing that does happen is 51. And I never even thought of it. 
why am I spending so much time? It's almost like a balloon too. As you go through that, it just starts deflating and then you're left with, okay, I'm exhausted. And I don't know which of those. And I can't pre-prepare, by the way, for all of the different scenarios. So why don't I just sit in what is, what is, what is. I Planes are, people get on them every day. They're by and large safe. I'm, you know, more prone to get in an accident in a car. I mean, just all those things. And really, you can do that with anything. You can do that with anything. So that's what if to what is with a lot of, I like the ands and the so's. Many years ago was in therapy. I think I was 21 and I was starting, you know, of course I can speak about panic attacks because I had them. Hmm. And I was having these panic attacks while I was driving to college. And, you know, the therapist would say, okay, so what if you have a panic attack while you're driving? I guess I could pull over. Okay. And I could drive home. Yeah. Okay. Or if I was fearful of, I remember I was very fearful about not doing well on a test. He would go back Mm. to that, right? The performance piece. And he'd say, okay, so so what's the worst thing that happened? Well, I could fail the class. And? Yeah. And? So? And? So? And? So? And you're like, oh, you're right. The world is not going to stop if I fail this test. I am not going to croak if I have a panic attack <laughs> in the car or wherever. It yeah. doesn't stop. It's a, yep. And that just really took away so much of the power because you become afraid to be afraid. Yeah. Yeah. Because they say the only thing to fear is fear itself, right? Yes, exactly. So, exactly. What is most important to you about supporting and lifting up other women specifically? When a woman... You can feel the difference between a woman who's confident and a woman who's sitting or living in her fear. It shows up on her face. Yeah. It shows up in her body, the way she stands, the way she talks. And I want to swing the pendulum in each person's life as much as I can to the confident side, to yeah. it's believing in yourself. I mean, for me, the opposite of confidence is fear. So self-belief versus not believing in yourself. Yeah. We need to like, let's get that confidence a lot higher and get the, minimize the fear and get that a lot lower so that, you know, even if you just, you know, learn to stand a little taller and you know, practice smiling. I mean, your brain doesn't know that you're, it's not necessarily genuine or, you know what I mean? Yeah. And there's science behind smiling. There's absolutely science behind it. So, you know, it's like taking on an acting role, you know, let's, you're playing a confident woman. Okay. So stand up a little taller, you know, put your, your chest out, your shoulders down and smile. And I think that is the beginning of what comes and then, you know, getting in your mind and your emotions. And another thing I think, and I can't speak for men, but I'm going to say a lot of women don't even necessarily know themselves well enough. Like you might say, well, I, I'm impatient sometimes. So, yeah, but do you, do you know yourself meaning? And I'm not talking about an unhealthy self-love at all. I'm talking yeah. about, do you know yourself? The way you might know your spouse or your kids or your sister or your mom or whatever. Do you know yourself? So I really encourage people to 
explore who they are. And I think there's an awakening that happens when you start learning about your so many fun assessments online. There's so many different ways to get to know yourself. Yeah. A lot of, lot of fun books and different things you can do. And like, I never knew. I, oh, and then you just, you kind of become a little bit delighted. Like, oh, I like this and this and this. And that's, that's so, you know, it's fun. It's fun. And then you also get to learn sort of the flip side. And I don't really even like to call them weaknesses. I feel like, you know, we're all both sides, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, yeah. okay, well, these are my challenges. I'm prone to resentment. Okay. I know that about myself. So when I, feel that it's like, okay, that's part, that's right. That's kind of how my personality, you know, comes out and that's okay. And instead of, you know, shaming myself or blaming myself, it becomes a a better understanding of, okay, that's right. Yeah. I do kind of get that way sometimes. That's okay. Kind of, you know, you can talk yourself through it and feel better about the parts of you that are more challenging. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think going back to what you said about women really wearing their confidence or lack of confidence or fear Mm. on their bodies, I think that is so true. And I feel like it's so different between women and men that way, where women, you can really kind of see it. It's heavy on them, Mm -hmm. right? You can feel the aura and everything with men, it's like their lack of confidence many times translates into them going into, you know, pickup mode, you know, <laughs> you know, being a player or whatever to try to get that confidence that they're lacking. They do things to build their confidence, whereas women hold that inside and it shows up on their bodies where men can put on the act, but they're really compensating for something. That's so interesting. That's a really good way of looking at it. Either way you slice it, those are both insecurities. So one's going inward and one's going outward for validation, right? 100%. Were there any trials or failures that were significant on your journey and helped you in on the road to success in some way? Yes, Kelly. Yes, yes, yes. I think that as has been said a gazillion times, we learn a lot more from the times that we, it doesn't go quite like we wanted it to. Yeah. And the times when we have like external hardship and, you know, getting through that, I feel like, wow, I really learned a lot through that. that. Yeah, that was really painful, but I learned a lot. So yes, there have been definite, you know, points in my life. And as I look at each one, I am grateful for having been through it. And yet at the same time, it's not something you ever would have signed up for. No, of course. Never, yeah. never, never, never. So just, I guess to kind of, you want me to sort of high points? Sure. Of them? Okay. Yeah, whatever you're yeah, comfortable. Yeah. One would be, I also was a single mother. So being a single mother and fiance then became my boyfriend who then broke up with me and talking about quotes, this was another quote that landed across my path. I just feel like it was meant for me at that time, at that place. And I wrote it out and I put it on my bulletin board and I looked at it every day while I was pregnant. Unhappiness is the ultimate form of self-indulgence unhappiness ah. is the ultimate form of self-indulgence. So Interesting. that quote got me through that period, which was, mm-hmm. wow. Okay. 
This yeah, stuff. that's got to be tough. Yeah, it was. It was. But again, that quote really, really helped me. I love words. People who know me know how I love words. I've always got the source open. I'm just always Googling or, you know, looking up different words and what they mean and picking them apart and picking other words. Mm-hmm. So that really got me through a really hard time. I married a man who had three kids and I had one and we had, so we blended families. We had a child together and he died. So that was a really huge, thank you. That was a really huge thing to go through. And that's a whole nother episode, but that difficulty and that he died at three months of a heart (gasps) defect, going through that difficulty really formed. I know both of us were both very faith-filled people. And I know that that became a time, and this is another area that I eventually want to start coaching in, and that is a gratitude after loss. And that is, there are so many things that we can, in our lives and in our kids' lives that we can directly trace back to our time with our son. Mm. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. If you really Mm. look for those things, for me anyway, they were there. I mean, we're talking months, years later, like that happened because that happened because this happened because of our time with our son. Directly back to that, to the point where you talked about me being a women's speaker, I have spoken on that very topic, like mm-hmm. looking, looking for the gifts after grief, after a loss like that. So that would be another time. That would be yeah. another time. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't want to be a downer to the audience here, but I know I'm, I'm a firm believer in, gosh, once you get through that, that there's a lot on the other side, there's a lot to be grateful for. And I know both my husband, Ron, and I are both grateful for that time. We yeah. feel like we learned a lot, a lot. Yeah. We gained a lot. And yes, of course, we would not sign up for that. So those are two of course. Those yeah. are two times that were very, very formative. Of course, there's a gazillion more along the way. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. And you wrote a book having to do with, I think now that you've told me something yes. to do with that, right? Yes. Yeah. It's called Standing Tall, A Collection of Mourning. It's self-published. You can't get it anywhere except through me. But Okay. It is- well, we'll have to put your website on, on the show notes so that people can yes. get it if they want to. Yes. On your website, it states that Unabashed You aspires to inspire. Tell me more about aspiring to inspire. Well, it's what I'm doing. It's the, you know, and I don't even necessarily feel I'm doing it per se. I feel like I'm a, you know, a conduit, an instrument, whatever you want to think of it as. I feel like the show and the content I put out on, you know, social media, Instagram in particular, it's meant to give you food for thought. It's meant Mm. to like, you know, maybe one of those quotes could be a quote that like, you know, shifts you in some ways. So, yeah. so again, it goes back to wanting in the coaching is for women, but wanting each woman and each, you know, man we have on the show to be fully who become who you already are. Cause you already are a lot of things, but are you really becoming them? Are you yeah. really the fullness of who you already are? There's I mean, I just don't think there's enough of that happening out there. I no. really don't. And that's why I, I agree. That's well, why. Thank you for what you do. Oh, my gosh. Well, it's my pleasure. Because I, yeah, I think you're changing people's lives. And that's such a beautiful thing. 
Well, I would say they're changing their lives. I, and I hope maybe just a little sprinkle, a little dot of a of fire spark or something might help ignite that. Well, you're very humble too. So the last question before we get to my fearless five, okay, is there anything at all on your mind today? It could be anything that you might want to share with the audience. It could be anything. Well, this is interesting. The first thing that comes to mind, I'll go with the first thing that came to my mind, and that is a post that I saw that a friend reposted from somebody else. You know how that goes. Yeah. Of the difference in our mind and the media coverage between, she called it sort of the two recent OSHA disasters. So Mm. the the unfortunate loss of the five people on the submarine yeah, and then the 500 people who were crowded on the fishing boat. yeah, And I guess th- this person's thought was why were these five people almost because there was so much more media coverage, why did it seem like somehow they were more important mm. than the 500? And when you said that, that was the first thing on my mind. And yeah. really, it just gave me pause to just think about that. I mean, that's what I did. I stopped and I really thought about it. And I'm actually still thinking about it. You know, what was that just happened yesterday morning for sure? I know. Confirmation. So I'm just thinking about it. That's all. Yeah. And I think everybody should think about it because it's important to note those types of things when they happen. So <laughs> I can't wait for this. I'm yeah. So now is time for Kelly's Fearless Five. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. You, it's going to be fun. I promise you get five I know. Questions. I love these. I love these. I'm, I'm you, ready. Yeah. So you get five questions and you get two passes. So if you don't want to answer two of them, no problem. Just say pass. Ready? <laughs> I got it. Yeah. Okay. What is something you think other people value that you don't necessarily value or subscribe to? Okay. So, and I know having talked to you and listened that this is the one that always stays. So I, I will confess to the listeners that I got to ponder this a bit. And I have to say, it took me a couple days to really wrap my head around. And then it just hit me what my answer was. And that was... The notion of, I just want to be happy. Mm. People say, well, I just want to be happy. I just want my kids to be happy. Mm. And, you know, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but I, the way you pose your question, that's not as valuable to me as it seems to be other people. That's not my goal in life. That's not my goal for my kids. I think if you You know, if you endure well, what comes your way, if you know yourself, if you share your gifts, if you develop spiritually, if you have that desire to excel in all ways, I think you're actually going to be extremely fulfilled. You're going to have a lot of joy, which to me is much more complete than happy. When I think of happy, I think of it, it's kind of elusive and it's mm. just kind of comes and goes. Yeah. It, it just, but it doesn't, I don't think of it as really deep and staying. I think of it as flighty. Yeah. So, you know, I think I would want that for my kids, those things. And I want that for myself and my loved ones. So again, I'm not saying I don't want anyone to be happy. I'm not saying that. I just don't yeah. think that that's the end all be all. And that's the goal. It's not the goal for me. Yeah. Cool. I like that answer. Okay, number two, 
If you could jump on a plane and go anywhere right now, where would you go? Hawaii, Maui. That sounds so nice on this rainy New York day. (laughs) Is it rainy? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Are you a morning person or a night owl? You know, it's interesting. I would not consider myself either one. Mm -hmm. I kind of roll into the morning. I kind of can come alive around mid-morning and Mm -hmm. I probably stay out till 1130-ish. So I'm not a super night owl, but I'm not a super morning person. So neither one. (laughs) Okay. What is the biggest fear you have overcome? Ooh, that I've overcome. I think traveling. I used to be, because in my earlier life in particular had you know, I've talked about having anxiety. I think that prevented me that that fear of, well, what if? What if I have a panic attack while I'm really far away from home? I have really overcome that, thank you, to the point of being able to really start traveling. We went to Israel several years ago. Amazing. To, to France last year. We went to Israel or Ireland just last month. So yeah, that is one that I feel really good about having, and I'm not saying I'm anxiety free because I don't, it's like one of those things you, you know, I can't say that, but I now know that I can do hard things. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) What advice would you give a woman wanting to excel in a male dominated field? I would say that you can be that badass woman and you can do it with confidence, with strength, with determination, with poise. Actually, Kelly, it's how I picture you being in your life. Absolutely. And you can do it as a woman. You don't have to be a woman becoming a man in a man's world. I don't I think that's, I don't think you want that either. No. I think it doesn't mean you're, you're not strong. You don't speak your mind. You definitely want to be assertive. You're not going to get anywhere without that, those things. But I think you can still be feminine and be yes. whoever you are without trying to act like a man. Okay. Did you guys hear that? Because I agree 1000%. <laughs> you can still be feminine. You can still have a softness about you while being strong yes. and dominating your field. That's right. You can still be vulnerable. And you can still come home at the end of the day and be the woman. Yes, absolutely. Yes. I call it gentle strength. And you're like, wait a minute. Those don't go together. Oh, yes, they do. Those can totally go together. And that's sort of, I guess, a goal in a way for me is, you know, to be gentle, but I'm strong in my gentleness. Absolutely. And one of my favorite quotes, which is actually on my wall in front of me, Says oh, one, it's one that so many of us have heard before. One should never mistake kindness for weakness, for it is in the moments we apply kindness that our strength is revealed. And I love that so much. Yes. Yes. I love that too. Oh, that's so good. Do we know who said that? I don't have the name. That's fine. I know that's there fine. are so many versions of it. Okay, that's ooh, out there, but yes. yeah, I'll send it to you. I, I mean, love that. You notice that that we've kind of, and I love this shift, but we've shifted from nice, which I can't stand that word anymore, to kind, which is yes. a, a whole different depth, a better, far more depth to it. I feel like nice is very surface. But yes. kind is very intentional and thoughtful. 
I love that quote. Yeah. There's something different about somebody being like, okay, be nice now. than somebody Mm -hmm. saying, be kind. Very different. Huge difference. There's a weight to kindness. There's exactly what you said. There's just no weight to nice because anybody can be nice, you know? And yeah, I agree with you hundred percent. Yeah. Like two peas in a pod. We are. And I am so glad you came on the show. I had so much fun with you. And I'm oh. so happy that my audience got a chance to hear you. Oh, I just tickled beyond all belief. I've really been looking forward. We got to connect twice in one week. That is just so exciting. Yeah, Kelly, it just was meant to be. I am yes. I am very grateful that we got to, I almost almost feel teary-eyed. I got so oh. grateful that we got to connect in real life and twice. And I just feel like it's going to keep going. And I value who you are as a woman, as a person. And yeah, go out there and kick some serious butt. Thank you. You <laughs> too. And where can everybody find you? You know, all you have to do is type in unabashed you, U-N-A-B-A-S-H-E-D-Y-O-U, or you can say unabashed, whatever you want, but that's Instagram, Facebook, at Gmail, the website, unabashedyou.com. And yeah, we welcome, I love interaction. So I'm happy to be interactive and I'm so grateful for you, Kelly, and all you are doing to inspire women by simply being who you are. Oh, thank you. That means so much to me. Well, I am super psyched to air this episode. And also, I hope this is a start to a great friendship. Thank you. Me too. I agree. Thanks, Kelly. Thanks so much. Kelly asked me about my coaching style. I shared how much I relish small group work while being hands-on throughout We'd learn so much from each other when we're willing to be vulnerable. Intimacy is built, and there is a safe space to interact, to connect. I want each person I work with to be seen and to be encouraged. On our way, we will set goals and track progress. Think about the person you are in your imagination. Now, compare that to how you show up in your real life. Those two should be closely aligned. And if they're not, let's do some work to get there. You'll be glad you did. And now a closing prayer. God, may you provide ways for us to serve others with the gifts you've given us. In that way, we are being fulfilled while we do our part. Show us how, show us who. Amen. If you need encouragement, I am here to help. Be unabashed. Be you.